Not one, but two flags. What a weekend it was for the Nodders. And uh, there's a few very happy faces on this call. I think all four of us, um, without kind of letting go who our special guest is too early, but all four of us involved in some capacity on the weekend. Welcome to the Nodcast. As always, um, well, not as always, actually, Premiership player Steve Mann joining you today, along with Premiership player Jake Charman from the weekend and Premiership board holding man Rob Mann. How are we, boys? Very good. Yeah. Very good. Well done, guys. Congratulations. I, Steve, I don't think I deserve a mention in that uh, that lineup. I was just barely moving magnets, um, but very good to have a awesome vantage point to watch one of the the biggest games in Mazenod history. And, um, you know, it's good to see Jakey flying around, dominating, and Steve obviously played a really good game. And our other special guest obviously had a big impact as well. Yes, well, we'll introduce that person in a minute. But uh, before we get to it, for for those that missed it, uh, the the Mazenod Old Collisions Football Club won two flags on the weekend. Um, the the first being the Panthers uh, got the job done in one of the all time epic comebacks, uh, three quarter time held goalless, and then came back in the last quarter storm home to win, which we'll talk a little bit more about later. And of course, ourselves, the Clubby's Blues or the Thirds Blues, um, getting the job done against Williamstown in one of the better comebacks that you'll probably see in grand final football, 33 points down at three-quarter time, came home, managed to draw the game and got the job done in extra time. So pretty exciting. You're, you're a premiership player finally, Jake. We've talked on the pod about you taking a year off and missing the last flag that you should have been involved in. How does it feel <laughs> to finally be there? Yeah, the old monkey's off the back and I uh, can join a fair few of my mates now and saying I'm a premiership player for Mazenod. So, um, yeah, celebrations are large on the weekend, but uh, yeah, just it's an amazing feeling, and I'm stoked to actually able to do it for Mazenod and um, not any other club because yeah, I love the Nodders. Uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's... You guys sound a little bit a little bit subdued compared to what I'd expect. I reckon there's a few um, sore heads still after. We're, what are we Wednesday? Little, yeah. it's a little bit surprising, but I must speak to having a Sunday grand final just pushes everything down the week a little bit. Well, yeah, the the Sunday grand final definitely it it definitely impacts the first half of your working week. I'll put it that way. It was a fairly big <laughs> celebration Sunday night and carried on into Monday. So, yeah, we're all still recovering a little bit. I think um, there's definitely the Premiership Cup still sitting on my dining room table at home because I have to drop that back down to the club at some point. But just every time I walk out into the kitchen, a little reminder of uh, what what happened on the weekend. But uh, we're joined, our special guest this evening, we said it, well, to ourselves, if we got the job done, we were going to get the the sneaky Norm Smith on just to tell us how they carried us over the line. And we've managed to do that for those that saw the game or for those that weren't, as we mentioned, three, four to time, 33 points down. The, the move was made, swung Timmy Houston forward and Timmy Houston kicked three in the last quarter and one in extra time to not quite single-handedly, but very close to help carry us over the line. And we're very privileged to have Timmy on the podcast with us tonight. Welcome. <laughs> well, thanks for that. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. <laughs> it's a bit of a yeah, funny feeling, isn't it? You can sort of play your whole whole season in the back line and then the final quarter, the one that matters, you, you finally get to go forward and, you know, it's been, yeah, it's been good. So thanks for having me. That, you, sounds, uh, like, that sounds like you've been underutilised all season. <laughs> Imagine well, you could have won the, the club goal kicking if uh, the coach had actually put you in the right spot all year. 
I think he was saying that we I was the um he didn't want to let him know what I could do. <laughs> that was his excuse. He, I, I, I can attest to some of this though, because you swang forward. We and 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 you yourself did the maths on this on Sunday night at about two a.m. That basically you averaged like a goal every six minutes here in the forward line for the season or something like that. I think you kicked about 16, 17 goals for the year and you barely played down there at all. Um, but against Williamstown, the first time we played and we were very undermanned, we, we got done. It's the only time they beat us all year. You went forward for about two minutes and kicked two and then you got swung straight back to the back line. I remember that it was about the second quarter. I was like, oh, no, don't show them too much. Don't, don't get them too, give them too much of an insight. So there might be something in that. So, Steve, so should you step us through, should we step through the game and how it took place for those people who weren't fortunate enough to be at Sandy? So, obviously, Williamstown, you guys finished on top after beating them in the final round of the season, beat them in the second semi um, pretty comfortably after um, getting a bit of a jump on them. And then Saturday, Sandringham, the stage was set for a big grand final, perfect day, and first quarter... What were you guys thinking? We obviously came out of the blocks pretty quick um, and put some scoreboard pressure on, but you know they they hung around. Yeah, well we 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 had a joke on Wednesday night at training that get on Dan Andrew for the first goal, and he kicked it about thirty seconds in. Would have been good odds too. The punters club would have if you could bet on that. We would have been very very happy with that. But no, I think the first quarter we completely controlled it into the wind, but unfortunately we're very inaccurate and. Uh, let ourselves down with a couple of easy shots that we missed or, you know, myself included, bit of a played on probably when I shouldn't have inside 50 and, and butchered one as well. And so we I forget the exact score at quarter time, but we we definitely wasted a lot of chance. I think we might have kicked four, seven or something like that, 11 scoring shots quarter time into the wind and we, we held a five-point lead or something like that. Um, and, and then, yeah, second quarter was a little bit more of the same. We had the wind but weren't super accurate and we went in halftime a point up felt relatively comfortable um what were you guys what were jake and timmy what were you guys thinking were you pretty confident at half time or timmy oh you you can never be confident against williamstown like they are such a good team they know how each other play they know the way they want to play um but i feel like our like i was always confident with our fitness that you know they could have a big third quarter like they did but I just felt like we were always, we were never out of it. And if we had a run, they couldn't stop us. So I guess, yeah, confident at halftime, but also a bit nervous because you don't want to be just a point up. You'd rather be five goals up. So Yeah, and, and it had that bit of that feeling too where, you know, it's a bit of a classic, a lot of scoring shots don't make the most of your opportunities while you've got the momentum. And um, they looked really efficient going forward with the ball. And they, they definitely, they've got, uh, I think, two brothers uh, is it the Greys? They they um they both look pretty dominant up forward. Um, so yeah, Jakey, what you what your what was your read at halftime? Yeah, I think that's a great way to sum it up. Especially, I think the number thirty three. He was full forward. I, I, thought, I think it might be Brad Gray. He's played a, he played actually a bit of VFL for Willie back in the day. Um, I think he's a bit of a club legend down there. I did did have a bit of a Google post game. On his name, I had to because I yeah, love he, you doing the research after the game. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit silly. Now, <laughs> but, uh, I think he, I think he slotted about six and um, had the had the ball on the string um, as soon as it went inside forward fifty, and we could we were struggling to stop him. Um, 
we chucked Gilly on him. Poor Gilly, he had a bit of a tough day down there, but um, definitely, you know, not his fault at all. I think, you know, the they created space for him really well. Like they knew that he was probably their big advantage. He didn't play in the um qualifying final for them against us. So, and he, and even that last round of the season against us at at Central. So he was a bit of an unknown commodity. Like we knew he was going to play, but. Um, yeah, he was just unbelievable. And, um, yeah, it was just sort of at times hard to stem stem the flow. And then when they actually got their opportunities, they, they were just kicking, kicking goals like left, right and centre. They did not miss. So, um, you know, like you said, Rob, when, when you are being wasteful, um, yourself up the other end and they're, they're, you know, just kicking them straight, like it does mess with your head a little bit. But, um, yeah, I think... You know, like Tim said, and and Steve, like, I think as a group, like it was pretty positive at three quarter time, despite being down by that amount. Like, yeah. So as we get to three quarter time, so what happened? Third quarter, obviously, um, they were one point. We were one point ahead at halftime. Third quarter, they had the the Sortner end, which is the scoring end. The wind was sort of going down. It wasn't a super strong wind though, but it was the ball was definitely carrying a bit further that way. They got out to 33 points, but it didn't, as um, I think people have mentioned, it, it, it sort of crept up on you, that score line, don't you reckon? It didn't feel they yeah. were super dominant the whole time. We've rewatched the game and we had a lot of play in that third quarter and just did not capitalise at all. And whereas they went forward and kicked goals and it was probably only probably 19, 20 points, something like that, with about three or four minutes to go. And they just went bang, bang, bang to finish the quarter and it suddenly blew out to 33. So it never fell out of grasp. And even at the three-quarter time, I think we were 7-14, they were 14-5. So 33-point deficit, but we've had two more scoring shots. So one of those days where you just, if you lose that, you look back and you go, gee, we're just, inaccuracy has absolutely killed us here. Um, but because but they think- sort of kicked them late, it, 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 the momentum really, you felt it at three-quarter time, but Three quarter time came a good time for us as well because, you know, we didn't really feel like we were out of the play. Just the scoreline looked a bit worse than, you know, you'd obviously like it to be. Yeah, and I think too the fact that it gone it went to thirty three meant that like obviously you had to score really quickly and it 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 forced a few changes. So obviously one of the big changes was sending Timmy forward um, and giving him some space in the forward line after playing back. So getting someone to the forward line to for the Final quarter of a grand final, Tim. What's going through your head? Are you thinking I'm going to have to? I'm going to have to put on one of the all-time great performances here. Yeah, a little bit. You're kind of a bit nervous because <laughs> if the change doesn't work, then you know if they get a run on, start kicking goals. I felt like Johnny Mann would have just thrown me straight back <laughs> in the deep end. And it's never fun to to lose a game as a defender when you lose by ten goals. I mean, we lost to Wheelie the first round by ten goals, and it's it's not a great feeling. But, mm-hmm. like, also just to get that opportunity for a whole quarter, like I played in the forward line a few times here and there throughout the season, but it was never for, a you know, 25 minutes, you know, yeah. here you go, go for your life. Like it was a kind of, like, yeah. So I felt confident I was going to get the ball and the guy I played on wasn't, you know, a great player. Um, so I thought I could get him and obviously did. <laughs> and <laughs> I think the lucky thing was they, they never – started out marking a couple of them and they'd never swap to put someone else on. So I was a bit lucky, I guess, mm. but it wasn't just me moving forward that won us the game. I think 
Caffrey going into the ruck, Clav going into the middle, they hadn't seen that before. We'd use Caffrey as a lockdown role on one of the Gray brothers the last two times we played them. So they hadn't seen what he could do as a ruck rover sort of thing. And yeah, and Clav had played majority forward. So him in the middle is like he's a he's a different breed of footballer. So I think that definitely helped us yeah, just as much too, as yeah. And um Christian Preddy obviously having Kaffers in the ruck allowed Christian to go to center back and he was able to and they sort of they let him be a little free at times because they dropped one back. Um so it enabled him to chop the ball off and he, he snuck forward and kicked the goal too, which was obviously really handy. I thought Deng did a really good job too. Um he went on he went on to one of their good forwards and was able to nullify him. So and then Jakey, Jakey obviously stood up in the in the back half there too. Yeah, I uh, don't know about standing up. I didn't uh, didn't do anything spectacular, but you know, if you want to say I did something well, maybe number seven didn't touch the ball in the second half when I was on him, so I'll take that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> just, that he's move. their best that, player, that just up. for anyone out there. It's that's that, that's that, not a little bad rap he's given himself there. And that's the uh, that's that enabled Caffrey to go on the ruck and obviously be really dominant. Also, too, I think there's a couple of um, selfless acts that have to be mentioned that I was privy to being on the on the sidelines. So Joel Caffrey, um, he 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 said, oh, I need to go in the ruck. So we'd sort of spoke to him about not tagging. He said, put me in the ruck then. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm fresh. Um, and he obviously had a massive last quarter and, and extra time. Um, the other one was um, Ricky Ruffalo. So I think this needs. Oh yes, needs we haven't. Yeah, we haven't been. We haven't got to the end of the game yet. But you're right. Yeah. This was a big so one. that was a big one. Um, also, our brother Chris, he he said, "Keep me off as long as you need. Um, I'm happy to let the boys run that are that are running hot um, on the field." And he, when he came on, I thought he had some really good minutes, but he was um, pretty sacrificial with his um, game time to enable Christian when he was running hot, or, or um, Joel when he was running hot in the ruck. Seared um, to do their thing, and then he he helped. He gave him a chop out when he needed. Um, v man too. I thought he was really um, great. Team man playing the minutes required um, for you and Lockie, Steve. And then the other one too that I think needs to be mentioned is um, uh, Stevie Ballick. Obviously, he had a um, a bit of a tumultuous time on the on Sunday, but. Um, you know, played played a role and also ended up in hospital. Do you want to explain that, Steve? Yeah, so pretty pretty average situation. He he compound fractured his finger, so broke his finger, I think bone out of the skin sort of stuff. Timmy, you had a somewhat similar injury last year, so you know what that sort of stuff's all about. Uh, so he got taken off to hospital just before halftime. He's um, Cole Rich, who for some reason, I don't, realize that this existed anymore but he's reinstituted the tub where everyone's phone goes in before the game which the thirds had long since ditched but as a result stevie's phone was somewhere locked in the back of cole's car so he's off in hospital getting his finger looked at um i think got transferred to the alfred to eventually get surgery but no way of contacting him so i don't think he had any idea that we won till yeah. a lot lot later apparently so he um ended up catching up with him on Monday night when he was got discharged from the Alfred. He came around to my house and I gave him his medallion and, and phone back. And he was explaining that he was sort of um, in like in hospital asking random people in the ward, if he could check their, use their phone. To check the scores. <laughs> um, and it was really like sort of into, into minute when he was getting like a look. So at one point I, you know, 
we're we're equal. Oh no, now we're a goal down. Oh no, now we're thirty three points down. And then he couldn't get access again. So then he's like sitting there thinking, oh no, we lost. And then he realised that it had gone to extra time, and then he didn't know if we'd won. So it was a bit of an ordeal. Um, can't. And then he didn't get home till probably a bit like some of the other players. Um, didn't get home till Monday night, real late. So um, which we might get into a little bit later. But um, he he obviously had a tough time. But great to hear that. He's all right now, and um, you know he's he's a two-time Premiership player, which is good. Yeah, um, and and who knows? He's still an assistant coach of the seniors, so there might be some more success for come for him later this year. Um, as with a couple of our players, who's still a, well in the mix in twos. The, the the fourth quarter we talked about. I think the other one, you know, there's a few guys who got moved around that that had big impacts. I think the other one was Taz Renopoulos, who started really well, kicked two in the first quarter. Um, his clearance work along with Josh Mazio, the two of them are just sort of, you know, this this duo that is very hard to beat out of the middle. We probably lost ascendancy a little bit through the middle of the game, particularly third quarter, but that last quarter, um, I'm not sure, I haven't checked it on the tape, but he was claiming he had eight centre clearances in the last quarter alone um, Sunday night after a couple of beverages, which I don't think was far off. I think between him and Clav, they had the entire lot of them. So um, huge fourth quarter performance from him as well. And then, as you mentioned, we Timmy obviously took three and then eventually a fourth in overtime, just you know, contested marks down in the goal square and slotted all of them. Um so a couple of other guys chipping how, in for how goals. It was able to be forced to overtime. I think that's a important plot point. So yeah, well that's it. So, so yeah, so so we started that the fourth quarter, as we said, 33 points down. We kicked one very, very quickly. Um <laughs> Josh Mazio, who has proven himself to be very, very uncomfortable in front of goals with a set shot, takes a mark or gets a free kick. I think he's about 15 metres out and darting his eyes around looking for someone to give it off to. So I snuck over there and just took the handball and kicked the easy goal. Um, then Timmy went to work and kicked a couple. I think um, we uh, Christian Peretti chipped in with one. Timmy kicked another one. And so then there was a bit of end-to-end. Dan Andrew kicked one, I think it was, and then we're sort of – they they drilled one. They had an opportunity. They got five points ahead after we missed. The, so we, we leveled it. We They kicked a goal. We kicked a point. So five points ahead. They had the one of the guys we talked about earlier, takes a mark, probably 25 out, had a chance to ice the game with about 30 seconds to go, missed. Um, Deng takes the kick out and does one of the weirdest torpedoes you'll ever see. Just straight, takes one step, kicks it. It's like three metres higher the entire way, lands in the centre of the ground, um, goes through hands. We kind of, you know, pick it up, rush it forward. Ball goes down into the forward line. And um, I, I gave Ricky Ruffalo a hospital ball and he stood under it and got absolutely poleaxed and did not move, just laid there, got a free kick, laid there. This is the move of the day, I reckon. This is the most strategic play, I reckon, in grand final folklore. So Yes, He's probably 30 out, I reckon. What do you guys reckon? 30 out? 30, Ricky's 30 not out, a big kick. 45, not even 45 angle, I reckon. 45 degree. No, it wasn't a big angle. 30, and, 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 and Ricky, you back him in from 20, you're relatively confident from 30. He's zero chance from 40. That's the kind of range on the leg we're talking. And, so we're, he, talking, and we're talking the final minute of a grand final. So your legs Yeah, we, we knew there was 30 seconds. I reckon, yeah, 30. Distance. Oh yeah, yeah. It wasn't no, I'm saying seconds, oh, time. Seconds, yeah, yeah, seconds, yeah. Well, yeah. we 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 knew this because um because our runner Shane Doyle was wearing a hat when there was five minutes to go. So we all knew because there wasn't a time clock 
going on at Sandringham because someone forgot to pay the power bill that day or something. And um, we knew there was five minutes to go. And then he was running around saying 30 seconds. So we knew there was 30 seconds left. And yeah, Ricky just gets Polax, lays there, does not move. And eventually <laughs> trainers had to help him off. And um, he, was there a few like, stay down, Ricky, stay down? Yeah, Ricky. well, that's the thing. So he comes off and on the sideline and he's like, you know, I'm fine. I'm like, what do you mean? I thought you were done. And he's like, no, no, I, I faked it. They're like, what do you mean? He's like, I knew I was out of range and I thought someone else is going to be a better chance to um, seal it. So I just stayed down. And and then who happened to talk, – talk us through how the ball happened to be in Sam's hands, Timmy. You, you were there. You were buying for it, weren't you? Well, the ball was just lying next to Ricky near the umpires. No one was touching it. So, so I saw it and I thought, oh, well, I've – kick three straight i ran and picked the ball up <laughs> and then some i can't remember who it was or had to give the ball away because they they found out that i was nowhere near the contest 25 meters away and yeah had to give it up and it lands in the hands of of no one else that you'd want it in sam reed <laughs> and dead eye dick just went straight back as clutch as you like and just slotted the goal to, and Sam reckons he came from about 50 away. He was nowhere. Well, we've, we've checked the footage, and I think, Jake, you probably have a look at this as well. There was nine people between Sam and the contest when the the moment. So there's a freeze frame. Ricky's laying on the ground. Sam is nine people away. Um, you're not even on screen, Timmy, so I don't know how far away you were, but you're not even in the, in the picture at all. I think I'm the next one. So I almost got the kick. The umpire guy was giving me the you, ball. Did you then, kick the ball too? Yeah, the I kicked it too. So that the other team had a whinge about that. So the umpire's like, yeah, it's fair. You can't have it. <laughs> and so then somehow, though, everyone's just like slowly backed away and Sam's the last person standing there. So we were like, all right, give it to him. He was the closest. And so, yeah, away we go. Um, Sammy goes back. And as, as Timmy said, he's definitely the one you'd want the ball in the hands of. He doesn't miss too often. I think that kick, though, defied um, everything that had gone through that day up that end, though, um, which was unbelievable. Like, everyone was aiming for the right goalpost, so so it swing back into the middle. And, um, you know, I was actually behind Sam Reid when he had a shot and he actually went to the left goalpost and I was I was just shaking my head. I was like, this is, this is going to miss. And then somehow <laughs> it just swung back the opposite way into the wind. And I was like, oh, you beauty, we are so on here. So, um, yeah, that was that was awesome to see. And so, like, I was on the sidelines, obviously. So we've all I've got our different vantage points. But I'm on the sidelines and I'm looking, like, as he's having a shot, like, at, in that whole sort of, um, you know, confusion, John Mann, Dad, he's, he's, he's just started walking. He thought the game was over. He, and he's starting to walk down the down the um, down the boundary line, and he can't look when he's seeing the shot. He's just he, he's not he's he just he's so nervous. And then the ball goes through, and I'm like, John, Dad, get back! Like it's going to it's going to go to extra time. You need a you need a plan for that. And then he starts he starts running back up the boundary towards the bench, <laughs> one arm sort of holding the pants up, um, <laughs> and like just grabs the board out of my hands and says, "Oh, all right, what are we going to do?" Um, but then there was like, I think there might've been 15 seconds, um, after that goal was kicked between like, so do you, then there was that conundrum, like, do you just 
wait for extra time or do you try and quickly score or do you just hold on? And I think the ball sort of just milled around the middle of the ground for 15 seconds or so. I didn't really get either end. Yeah. And then as it turned out, it probably wasn't long enough, um, but you don't know that at the time. The ball kind of went five metres. I think there was a yeah. ball up and before they even got to it, the assignment. So then, so then it goes to extra time and it's five minutes each way. And then you go and toss the coin, Steve. Yeah, clutch. So I haven't lost a toss all year, which is just absurd that, you know, what's that, 15, 16 games or something and I've won every single one of them. And then I lost at the start of this game. So that's why we kicked into the win first quarter. But my form returned for the overtime. So picked up the coin toss and just said, yep, let's go with the wind again and we'll just keep doing what we've been doing for the past 35 minutes or whatever it was. And, um, yeah, we're pretty – I mean, we we kicked one within about a minute, I reckon, and sort of set the tone from there. Although, funnily enough, Lockie, our cousin, Lockie Mann, had some injury worries with a hamstring he did in the second semi trying to get himself up. And we said to him during the week, like, you're good to go, you're right. He said, I can play four quarters on it. And that turned out to be exactly true because five seconds into extra time, he's ripped it off the bone <laughs> running down the far wing. So um, He looked like he'd been shot. He, that was, yeah, was, yeah. Very was good big. on the footage too. It's um, You've got, I think it's Taz is running just ahead of him. And when Lockie can't catch up to Taz, you know that there's something going on with the body because Taz is just moving away from him and Lockie. He sort of like, jumps in the air and grabs it at the same time. Like it's, it's quite visceral. Um, yeah. Going. So, okay. So extra time, you've got the wind and Timmy, you, do you, where do you slot yours in extra time? So Vinny kicks, Vinny kicks the first one. I think at the time it was one goal five <laughs> maybe for the day. One six he, he was. Oh no, you're right. One five at the time. Yeah. Yeah, so he breaks through one or two tackles and and basically runs into an open goal. Um, and then, yeah, we went back out to the middle and then I think straight away we got the clearance and, and then kicked a goal not long after that. Good Just one too. So you, 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 you bumped into, you like almost knocked down the goalpost, Lee Matthews style when you marked that one. That <laughs> Nothing was getting in the way. <laughs> the, the crowd down there loved it. They're like, oh, how good was it when that bloke speckied the goalpost to take one in the... In the extra time. So looking back, I don't think it was that impressive. <laughs> but but no, nah, nonetheless, pretty happy to, to get it. And then once I think we were two goals ahead, it was like they were pretty much dead. Like they had no, yeah, nothing to, to get them going again, no motivation, I guess. And it's such an advantage being up in extra time, I reckon, then coming from behind again. Like if you if they if you'd got all that momentum, got to extra time, and then they kicked a couple and they had I reckon it would have been hard to come back. Whereas yeah. you can just spend the last five minutes just killing the clock. And I thought you guys did a really good job of holding possession, um, chipping it around, and then going long down the line a couple of times and killing the ball and extra stoppages. And Well, that's yeah, it. Pretty... Once you're in five-minute quarter, you can hold the ball for two minutes chipping it around. Like you can yeah. kick the ball five times and hold it for two minutes and you waste it half the quarter. So you're right. It's, it's a huge advantage to get up early and obviously – in that circumstance, with all the momentum, having the wind, definitely it was going to be very hard for them. Um, I think that the thing, the final score, we ended up. I think we kicked about we kicked two goals, two, and they kicked one point in extra time, so we won by thirteen. But the final score was fifteen twenty to fifteen seven. So obviously, epic game, epic comeback, really close finish. But gee, had we lost that, 
with 13 more scoring shots, we would have really, really... Yeah, but it ruined. felt like it could have been one of those games. Like, yeah, it looked like that up until the final minute, essentially. Yeah. So, amazing, amazing day. And everyone that um, has that went down there, I think, has um, mentioned how much of a miraculous game. And such a good atmosphere, too. So, was it? what was it like to play out there? Was it a nice feeling, I, I imagine, being in front of that crowd and feeling that energy? Oh, well, for, for me as a defender, I've never – well, we hadn't really played in front of much crowd for the last two years. I mean, COVID, <laughs> no COVID, it's, it's thirds. So, <laughs> I, like, to, to be fair, Timmy, there was a game this season where I kicked a goal and then, like, jumped the fence and pretty much just clapped myself or high-fived myself because we – so there was yeah. like eight, one person in the crowd that day. Um, even <laughs> if was it was one goal. of the players, <laughs> but yeah, no, we, we, we yeah, you, you're being uh, you're being generous. We literally play in front of nobody every week. Yeah, and to have Williamstown playing in the game after us as well, so they had a whole team of spectators there for the first quarter down their end where their rooms were. We started down that end. Every goal they kicked apparently was was my fault. They really targeted people to get into them, and. <laughs> I hadn't really had that since you know, my last footy game in 09, like back in back in the day. So you kind of it's hard to just bite your lip and just ignore it because you just want to like get back at them. But then to hear the cheers when you kick a goal, it's like it's a great feeling. I think um especially like when they were piling on those goals in that third quarter, Tim, like there was like it was like starvation corner for us defenders. Like we had no chance of stopping them because like the ball was just coming in there so hard, like quick and fast so like there was no they didn't make any mistakes and we weren't able to run off with the ball and like relieve any of the pressure that was building on us so yeah but yeah like that last quarter few like I just you know remember hearing like the roar of the crowd when you like kept taking those marks like so close to goal and I definitely feel like throughout the day the Masnell crowd was building and um like even that goal of Vina you know, running in that extra time. Like, I think you're right. Like, you broke the tackles. And then, like, you know, when the crowd just rises before they actually kick the goal, I was like, oh, it was just sounded so good. I was like, the, everyone was just going nuts before I even kicked it. And I was like, that was, that was sick. So, um, yeah, the crowd was crowd was pretty good. And yeah. and um, the the feeling, like, after the – like, I want to hear about the celebrations. I'm sure everyone does. But I had this weird feeling that, like, the day after, just, like, I can't believe that happened yesterday. I don't know if you guys have had that same feeling. I can't believe you won in extra time and it happened like that. Like, it was just, it seems surreal in a way. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. It hasn't It doesn't. Hasn't sunk in. Like, I, I was saying to, to Jamos, um, one of the guys on Monday, I was like, I can't believe the best game of footy I've ever played in, like, in however many, you know, hundreds and hundreds of games, is a grand final. Like that's, I just don't think that you know, like just like as just a spectacle, it was just a game, in the way that played out. Um, so yeah, it feels very surreal. I don't think it was a shock to us to win, but definitely is a shock to win in the way that we did. I don't think we ever expected that. So what about the celebration? So the boys, you win, you uh, you get your medals. Everyone cleared out pretty quickly. I thought everyone's getting pretty excited to get back to the club. So you get to the club and. Um, you know, obviously at the beginning, it's, it's pretty family friendly. There's kids running around. Um, I'm guessing later in the night that changed a bit. Yes. Well, um, 
someone instituted a lock-in, which um, was ironic given, I think, when they left, they, the door wasn't actually locked. It was left open, which was discovered very early the next morning. Um, we locked the main door, put the alarm on and left one of the side doors open. But um, thankfully, all of the club's things are still in place, so no one ever caught on to that. Um, yeah, definitely, it, it, it built as the night went on. I think it it sort of, I don't think it's an unfamiliar tale for a, for a premiership celebration, but it starts off sort of, you know, a little bit somber where everyone's sitting around having a serious chat, reflecting on things, and then it slowly, a Tim Houston gets a, gets the DJ equipment out and a Shane Doyle grabs a microphone and things kind of just lift from there. <laughs> oh, no comment. <laughs> that, that is the true sign of a good Mazenod premiership or, or, and or function when the mic, people discover the microphone. I think we've talked about it earlier in the year. Um, <laughs> there, is, there is something um, very enjoyable about that. So, what, what Jake, you, you had some music going as well earlier. I know you were a little bit nervous because you thought... I don't know my clientele here. I don't know what sort of music to play. Do I go something, you know, Beatles for V-Man or do I go Blink-182 <laughs> for Clabo? Like, what what do you do? Yeah, it was a, it was a tough crowd, but luckily uh, our resident barman for the night, Lockie McKenna, he had he works at um at Keebles, one of our, you know, major sponsors of the footy club. Get that plug in there. Um, <laughs> Good to hear. You know, doing our thing, but... Um, yeah, he, he works down at Kebs and they've got a bit of a range of age groups down there and he had a, he had a ripping playlist. So I think everyone was sort of satisfied. And then... Uh, you did, you just know, before you go on there, you did get stitched up by the president who you finally got the playlist on. There'd been about eight eight bars of music and then he's like, turn it off, turn it off to give the speech. So just <laughs> your, your timing was a little bit off. But very good speech by the president, I must add, though. So, you know, far better than the song we were playing. But... Um, yeah, it was uh, it was it was real time. But after a false start, it was a very good playlist. Really, really built into the night nicely. So what, what, really what, what, time we, what time we talking? We head home about eleven thirty. Get to work Monday early, or what? What, what was the plan? Uh, we um, the last group to leave the club. Um, actually, the three of us were among that. Was it about three thirty? So it wasn't wasn't absurd. Um, we 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 were meeting back at the. An esta- a local establishment, we won't mention their name because they're not a sponsor, um, a local establishment at 10 a.m. on Monday. So we thought get in a bit of a cheeky few hours sleep. Um, not all went home. Um, one person on the podcast had locked his keys in his car, so I had to go via someone's house to pick up some keys, I think. And, no. Uh, <laughs> J- Jason, Jason Martin, who had gone straight from... Well, he'd gone missing for like four hours. So he went straight from the ground to somewhere because he rocked up a bit late but came in his gear still, um, his footy gear. He, he actually kicked on to Revolver um, from the club at about four. And we uh, we know this because he rocked up wearing the exact same gear at 10.30 the next morning when we caught up again, still had that dirt on his knees from the game. Um, so so that was a very impressive effort by him. He hadn't slept. How old, how old, he, is, how old okay. is he? He must be. 25. 25, I think. Okay, that makes sense. You can't be you can't be doing that in your 30s. No way. No, no. Well, yeah, no. So it was, it was you know, it was just busy. Yeah, it was it was a good, it was a good celebration. There was um a couple of big shout-outs um from my perspective. The first one, just a general shout out to, to Scotty Valpman. I think we might have talked about it on the Nodcast last week in the pregame, but 20 
one years, 22 years of footy at the club and first time he played in a grand final. So um, a true stalwart of the club has played rep footy, played a lot of ones footy. Um, to finally get a flag was a great outcome for him and he put in a very solid effort across the two days of the celebrations as well. Also, um, um, put a nice little um, tab on the bar too, I, I noticed. Yeah, just got out a. Uh, I hope this. Hope his um, accountant's not listening, but just got a cheeky five hundred out to get things started. Pop that <laughs> on the bar on Sunday night after the game, um, and, and quite a few of the boys, not quite to the to the same level that V Man did, but quite a few of the boys followed suit with the ones and two hundred dollar contributions. So, oh, and uh, someone in here put a pretty generous offer uh, amount down. Won't. I won't say who in here, but someone. Well, someone, well done, Timmy. Good on you. Someone with that doesn't have Scotty Veltman type money. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. Very generous by you, Tim. Uh, you what do you pop down, Timmy? I open proceedings, not to shoot my. Oh, own, but oh, I open really? proceedings just for the nice couple. But Ooh, yeah, very nice. Just wife. a few pineapples just slid him across the bar. <laughs> Did you now? Just while we're talking about the post game, put put a bit down. Oh yeah, I put, I put a I, I made a contribution. Um, while we're talking about you, Timmy, at the at the aftermatch, we so just for the listeners out there, obviously our commitment is more so to Nodcast than it is to football itself. So pretty much the second the siren had gone, I just you know got in with a quick scoop and told Timmy that the uh, Norm Smith, when it came his way, was going to be his entry ticket to the Nodcast during the week. So if he could start clearing his calendar, um, and you, he spent the whole night. Going, oh, sorry, boys, I won't be able to come on. My my medals keep clinking. It's going to mess with the sound. Just the two medals that is going on. I could, they're just here. Yeah, I could do it. Oh yes, give us the give us the clinking. <laughs> That's uh, I it there within arm's reach there as well. I this is my office when I work from home, so they're just above me. There's one of them for you. Boys. Oh, beautiful. Just the, the this the best on ground one. Who did you actually? I'll ask this. Who did you think if it, if you if you didn't exist or if you couldn't win it? Who who would you have given it to? Oh, Jake or Ben Gray? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I thought oh, I thought Taz played really well. <laughs> I thought yeah, I thought he was a shooting or Josh Mazio as well. Um, yeah, they were great. Yeah, the whole the whole day, not just the, not just the last quarter or quarter and a bit. Yeah, yeah, I probably would have yeah. said Taz and Joshy as well. I reckon. But if if Vinny kicked straight, I reckon oh, if Vinny kicked two, if Vinny kicked goals, straight, he, he kicked two six. If he kicked eight, no, well, um, I think we're in a very different conversation. Going around telling people that he kicked three straight. That's what he. Yeah. <laughs> Eighteen points is a big contribution in a thirteen point win. Um, the the other one who played really well on the day, Christian Peretti, who we mentioned earlier, but he was also one of the big heroes of the night because at about two thirty, just wandered round with the Macca's app out. Just took some, took an order, got delivery, and it was the best food that I have ever eaten in my life. The best timed food. We got some pizzas to the club at like eight pm, and I, like I mean, Cole Richard clearly checked out as a team manager once the final sign went because he ordered ten pizzas for I don't know how many people were there, but it was far more than ten pizzas is going to feed. So we we're all a bit peckish and. Um, Jason Martin was particularly peckish at that point, and so I think he, he did everyone a huge favour by by just getting the Maccas order in. So, yeah, and big I, shout I respect out to Christian. that from Christian because he, he's, I think, played a lot of footy with him. He's not a known sort of party person, I don't think. Like, he usually plays a pretty straight back. Um, you know, doesn't say stay super late at these sort of functions. So, 
good on him to really have a crack and embrace all things. I was, no, he... I was trying to encourage him to sort of. There were a few, you know, rumors going around of you know the trio of Taz, Josh, Potts going to one six one. Yeah, they I feel I feel like they've got the Adrian Mazio, the the fourth of the quartet. There is the he's the sensible one. He's the one who's just going, oh guys, you know, let's just like let's this is party, but in moderation. So I like it. He's the he's the yeah he's the good influence across that group. But yeah, I don't know. Did they? I don't think they. Well, we saw them the next morning, and they were they didn't they definitely didn't look like they'd come from one six one. Put it that way, they looked like they'd gone home and had a shower and freshened up a little bit. So. Yeah, no, it was good. So good, good celebrations. Um, obviously, you don't win them that often, so got to make the most of it. And uh, great to get the the year off with uh, the, well, the Mazinod year off to a good start with a couple of flags already. Because the other one, of course, as we mentioned, the Panthers. Um, obviously, they played at the same time as us, so we weren't able to follow it closely, but managed to catch up on things afterwards. Pretty phenomenal effort by them. So held goalless till three quarter time. And then storm time in the last quarter with three goals to win by a few points. Never seen oh, guys. Oh, sorry. That was also. I was just going to say I was talking to um, club legend Fisher uh, sort of Sunday night about the he come from the Panthers game because he he helps out down there and um, he said yeah it was an amazing win. He he was. Just saying, like that comeback from them was unbelievable. One of the better games he said he'd seen, and um, said our uh, you know friend of the podcast naming you in kicked an absolute ripping banana. Um, yeah, I think he's got the nickname now Nambagini. I, I don't know if that's <laughs> self-proclaimed or not. Pretty pretty smooth operator um, darting around the forward line. Um, and I've seen him practice those bananas at training, so I'm not surprised on the big stage it stood up. So obviously great effort by um, Bill Ryan and the boys to get another premiership. They they do it they do it for fun down there. It seems every year they just cash in. So another awesome effort. Um, and you know I don't think not too many not too many days do you win two flags um, on the one day. So massive effort from the club, and I think. Testament to the success and depth that we've had at the club all year. Obviously, with the women's making both teams making prelims, the um, the thirds obviously winning it. The the um, Panthers winning a flag. The 19s getting themselves set for a uh, an assault on the finals, and now the ones and the twos setting themselves. So, which sort of leads us into um, this week with a, a big raft of games in the in the seniors. So um, the we're playing Old Geelong at Como this week. The the ones and the twos um, have slightly different situations. So the here in the ones, we've got, we're currently sitting in fourth. Last week we played Preston. Um, we had a big win, 136 points, which was really nice for our percentage. So the, the situation at the moment is we are a game and percentage ahead of Ivanhoe. We are percentage behind third, who is Old Geelong, who we play this week with two games to play. If we win both games, we definitely make the four. If we lose to Old Geelong this week, we need to make sure that our percentage stays higher than Ivanhoe and they play Mentone, who are seventh, and they play bottom Preston in the final round. So, and we play UHS, who are second bottom. 
So um, we've got 8% on them at the moment after being 8% behind last week. So that was a nice little 16% um, turnaround after they lost to Monash and we had a big win. But it's going to be pretty interesting the final uh, two rounds to see how it happens. If we're nice to ourselves, we win this week and it's it's beyond doubt, hopefully. Yeah, so how, how was the, the vibe on the training track on Tuesday considering it was like a massive game this week? Like this is being recorded Wednesday night, so you've still got the, the big Thursday session, Rob, but Tuesday? Yeah, how, how it was, was good. Going? Yeah, it's a good vibe actually. Um, it was good also too because we had a couple of – we had three premiership um, legends down there. So Sid, Deng, and Stevie B were all down at training. So great to see um, after a day – two days after a grand final, Sid and um, Deng – training getting ready for maybe a, another reserves assault and yeah the, yeah the vibe was really good so the ground was pretty heavy um central is in a not in the best nick at the moment um but yeah it was a good session and i think guys are pretty excited and then so that's the one situation and then also the reserves have a really big um week this week too so they're undefeated as, as everyone would know they're playing old geelong who are second Old Geelong have been undefeated since they played us in round two. So this could this is a second semi preview, I'd imagine, and um and also potentially a grand final. So we could our reserves potentially, all things going well, could maybe play Old Geelong three times in in four weeks, which something that you both did um playing Williamstown in a similar sort of vein where you played them three times in a month. Uh, what's it what's it like? Um, when you play a team that that often in that close to finals, what do you think, Timmy? Like, is it is it good because you you really know what they're like, or is it a you know? Do you think you work each other out probably a little bit too well, and um, you know each other's strengths and weaknesses? Oh, it's that's a tough one because you kind of forget when you play them, yeah, three times in a month. You forget what the other teams were like, but I think when you win in the games, it's good to play because. You know you're on top, and you and you get that winning feeling. If from Williamstown's point of view, they'd lost three in a row to us. I mean, it'd be pretty hard to, after the first loss, come back, know that they've got to change things. If they change stuff, it doesn't work. Got to come back a third time, and and you know if they don't have anything else to change, it's like how are they yeah. going to how are they going to win? And then you kind of rely on like our inaccuracy in front of goal to get them the win. And when you rely on the other team to fail, you. You know, you, you, you're pushing it uphill. So, I mean, it can be good. It can be bad. Like, it, it depends where you sit. And did it feel like they'd changed stuff for the grand final? Like, did you feel that they'd been leaving a few things up their sleeve and they they tried a couple of things, Jakey? Yeah, I definitely feel like we've spoken about um, in the grand final, like training week, uh, in their prelim against Q, they'd sort of had their game plan of, pushing all their forwards up the ground except for 33. And even though we were sort of expecting it to happen, like they definitely achieved their game plan perfectly, I'd say, in the first three quarters. What do you reckon, Tim? Yeah, agreed. And and he hadn't played against us. So, again, that was new for us. So I guess they did change something. I don't know why he didn't play the, the three other matches we played against him. But, um, yeah, I think that was the only thing they changed, which I guess in the end didn't help them. Um, yeah, yeah, but, but I suppose you've still found a way to to get around it, and that, that'll be interesting with the the reserves. Like, and I suppose the reserves level, similar to thirds level too. I'm sure where 
you know, the teams can change a little bit, um, especially depending on who qualifies. Um, I know that, you know, if the ones and the twos qualify, it, you can play anyone in either team. But if the ones, if we don't make finals, um, there's certain guys that won't be able to play reserves footy because they haven't qualified with enough games. So that obviously changes things. And, um, you know, teams historically, not that we do this, but they can drop guys back to play finals and qualify them if they look like they're not going to make it. But, you know, our situation is different to that. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I remember your your father, Rob, um, Johnny, he's, he's saying, um, you know, he obviously had to make a few difficult decisions um, for the grand final, but I think maybe, I think he said maybe came down to about five players he had to make a decision on. But I think Sean Campbell's coach of the two said, that he's got to make a decision on 15 guys approximately going to miss out on that Rezies team if they make finals. So that's like a whole other ballpark in terms of, you know, amount of players that could potentially miss out on their final squad. Um, so that, that's tough, isn't it? Yeah, that's a really tough. And I think that's, I think um, talking to Peter Banfield throughout the year, you know, that's probably the, the hardest thing about coaching is having those really, really difficult conversations with guys about their spot in the team and, you know, wanting to give them an opportunity um, to prove themselves in the lead up to finals. And then that also makes it difficult because then if you get given them an opportunity and then you have to, um, you know, move them out of the team, that's, that's really, really tough. And the other thing too, that's happening at the same time is that we're getting guys back from injury, which we've had a really tough run this year, which um, we've, we've noted on the Nodcast at different times. But, you know, Liam Riley's back in the team. Jacob Murdoch's come back. Um, Chris Campbell's come back after a really long layoff. So there's guys that missed a huge chunk of footy. Ryan Lavery's overseas, and he, he's potentially come back. So that that means there's just more. Uh, Simon Hall is back from injury after missing a lot of the season. So these guys have played a lot of senior footy, and do they find themselves in the reserves or do they find themselves in the seniors and, and pushing guys down and then um, that pushing guys out? So... It's going to be tough. Um, it's it's a good problem to have, obviously, but it doesn't make it any easier for the coaches and the players involved. And, you know, everyone feels that and everyone feels that that sort of pressure, um, you know, leading up to a bombs campaign because you've done so much work, you don't want to be the person who misses out. So, and, you know, there's every year there's those unfortunate stories of people who do. And, and I think teams, good clubs, good teams do... Um, you know, work really hard to get around those people and make them feel as much part of it as possible because, you know, everyone contributes throughout the year. And I thought that was really, um, really special on Sunday when, you know, Steve and the team got everyone that played for the season in the circle to sing the song at the end because it sort of shows how important, you know, this whole squad is to making the um, making it all happen. And clearly having two threes teams or, you know, um, both both teams this year makes a massive difference in getting a getting you guys over the line. So, yeah, I think um, yeah, like you said about that numbers is um, like a it makes you know the, the or puts the club sorry in a really strong position. And I was actually going to sort of ask you about that, like looking into the future, even just next year. Um, you know, obviously, like 15 guys we know are going to miss out from the twos. Um, and then we've got that whole batch of 19s guys coming up. And where are they going next year? So, you know, 
our clubs like I just think like obviously you know football at local levels changing landscape and you know you don't know how many numbers you're going to have year to year but it just seems like especially at a senior level at the nod um, we're going to have a ridiculously ridiculously strong squad from our firsts all the way through to potentially our fourths even next year. Yeah, it's such a good yeah, it's such a good point, and I think good clubs. You know, people want to be part of them, and and at the moment, I think we've got a really good culture and a really good vibe, and um, really good group of people that people want to be part of. So, um, you know, you saw that with the thirds on, um, and you see that with the the fourths, and you see that with the twos and, and the ones, so and the nineteens and the women. So, it just it keeps on um, it keeps on growing, and hopefully, people want to keep sticking around. And you know, the fact that we had sort of disrupted two years and we've had more players than we've ever had before is a pretty good sign when there would have been so much temptation this year to go travel, go go take some time off. So, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be hard. but um, And it sounded like from the, the premiership players on the weekend, most will go, want to go around again, which is a good sign. So, um, And by all reports, that Williamstown team that um, was runners-up in the division above you guys was equal or not as good as the Williamstown team that you beat. So if you do go up a division... It might be might be a chance anyway. Did someone say back to back on Kane? <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there was a fair bit of discussion around going back to back next year. It's fair to say over the past couple of days. So I think most of the boys are on board again for next year, which is great. Um, so that's that's the the senior situation and and the reserves. But there's probably bigger there's probably bigger things going on at the moment. Um, and there's a there is a very very important event looming on Saturday night, Jakey. And, and I don't know how much you can tell us, but um, we obviously speak of M-Factor and a revamped, um, more modernised, progressive, um, gender equitable function um, that is going on this year. Um, well, we've let the ladies in that. is what you're trying to say, which is fantastic. It's It's been, we've been calling for it for about two decades. Um, and finally, we're going to have some actual talent on the night, yeah, which is yeah. not something so the, that the, the men have provided over the years. It's been very noticeable over the last, I don't know, 15 years I've been at the club. Um, well, so, Steve, 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 not just ladies, like any other pronouns that people want to be identified by. Oh, of like, course, anybody. We, 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 we've opened the floodgates. It's, it was, it, we've gone from the Mr. Mazinod days where Nick Parry would do his balancing act on the physio ball every year and win because no one else could, you know, hold a tune. Yeah. Um, obviously, Timmy, had you been around in those days, you might have given a run for your money with your M&M work that we saw on the weekend. But uh, yeah, oh. it, was, it was very much it was very much, was was very much a, a, a Oh, he, He's got great taste in M&M songs too because he went with Sing for the Moment, which is yeah. underrated but the best song, his best song. Um, but, no, so, yes, we've, we've, we've definitely upgraded in the new format and... As we've started to see the axe revealed, boy, it's going to be a big night. It's going to be yeah. it's, it's going to be huge. And Jake, you are going to be performing. So, do you want to talk to talk us through your what you've been working on? Yeah, I've got the call up from um, Franny and Blair, the the social media, or not social media, the, the social events modules down there. So, got. Um, just doing a bit of a comedy comedy routine. Um, don't know how funny it's going to be, but just have you been? Why have you saved all your material all year and not used any of it on the podcast? 
um yeah i think my 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 friends will attest to me being not very funny in the podcast but yeah definitely saving all my jokes um gonna gonna so stick to we, the one like you've written your own material you've you've used a freelance operator like you've googled, googled some stuff like what do you have you come up with your get gags oh i've used a ghost writer i'm not going to tell you my uh ghost writer <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so, you're just, um, so you're that someone's writing the material and they've chosen some like very monotone to deliver it. Yeah, that's half the that's half the performance is the <laughs> the monotone is the key. It who, takes a lot of control to be able to pull that off. Who would you who would you compare your comedic stylings to? Like if I was going to the Melbourne Comedy Festival and I was sort of saying oh, I want to see someone a bit like Jake Charman, who would I be going to see? Maybe a James Acaster type. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, sort of. Yeah, that. Yeah, that ready. That was, that answer was ready. Mm. <laughs> Actually, maybe maybe our ex-host Sam Degan. He'd be filthy. I'm comparing myself to James Acaster because that's his favorite. <laughs> so I think I don't know, but um, I, let's. That's enough about me. I think we'll move on to some other acts. So there's another there's another five outstanding acts for the night. So six in total, and uh, we got one act that's made up of amalgamation of women's players. Um, I don't think they want me giving away what they're going to do, but it's music related. Um, so I think they're doing maybe like a, a dance or something like that. Um, with who, who else do we have? Oh, Shells. Well, just, just that, hang on before, before we go past that though. Yeah, you, you've you've thrown around some words like amalgamated and you know group. There is about fifty of them who are performing together. There's <laughs> going to be more people on the stage than in the audience when they get up. You've got Elena Michael, M Heller, M Stewart, Kiara Lasordo, Annabelle Davies Todd, Maddie Noon, Meg Lennon, Scarlett Van Dyke, Yvette Harper, and Tiani Wurisposito. Like, <laughs> that's bigger than any band that has ever. Like that's Cat Empire sort of stuff, where you've got about seventeen instruments playing. Like, what are they going to do? How are they all going to? It's a, it clearly it must be an orchestra. Well, that's what I'm. <laughs> that's what I'm wondering. I, I'm very excited because this is going to be could be a cappella, could be oh, that sort of, maybe maybe yeah. a bit of like Swan Lake or or um, dancing as well. You reckon? Yeah. Well, yeah, that could. That, yeah, true. That could actually. Wow, ballet. That would be amazing. Um, I don't show Vino Arena's sort of plyometric skills he's been <laughs> trying to teach them at training. So I was wondering um, where he went. I've, I've been on a Thursday night. You're sort of scratching around at the rubdown table. He's nowhere to be seen, and he's out there doing Black Swan. Yeah, the, was, the toe points. It was Tiani that you, you said, Jake, at the end of season thing that was doing Gangnam Style. Was that Tiani? Yeah, actually, true. I forgot about Ooh, that. Oh, maybe, maybe there's a bit of kind of Korean pop. Thing yeah, she might be PSY, and they all might be the backup dancers. How do, you, how do you say it? Is it Psy or PSY? Psy, I think it is. Yeah, it's been a while since 2008, so I can't quite remember. Um, all right, moving on. The Wellsford family singers. We, we we broke the story months ago, and of course, as always, bang on the money. The Wellsford family are going to get up and do something. Any insight into what that's going to be? Um, well, based on every 21st birthday party that they enter into <laughs> as a family dress up 
it's just going to be absolutely over the top and ridiculous. You know, you know the costumes are going to be large. So we're talking like, um, I don't know, like Willy Nine Wonka million. type eccentric. What would you say, Tim? I said, I said, Rob, I said Lion King. Are we talking oh, like maybe, King. yeah, Ooh. like Rahiki and is that his name? Um, oh, is it Rafiki? Are they doing Lion Rafiki? King? Mate, I'm just I'm spitballing here. I'm just thinking of these. You said big costumes. There, there like, are there are high ceilings in the Glen Waverley Community Centre, obviously, and I know the Wellsfords were involved in the request to upgrade the venue this year, so may have had something. What are we? Are we? Are we? Are we? Oh, we've outgrown there. the rooms. Oh, pyrotechnics. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Although, also after the celebrations on the weekend, I'm not sure anyone wants to go in that place for oh, yeah, they were two or three weeks on the foam roller Tuesday night. I can tell you. Were they? Well, yeah, someone, um, I won't name any names, but they may have been to Revolver afterwards, but someone did about six back-to-back um, <laughs> UDLs. Was it UDLs, Timmy? What was the, what was it? Whatever the sticky drink was, straight out of the cup. And, it, it, like, that stuff is just, like, it's like glue. That gets on the carpet. That's just never, you know. So, yeah, I feel like there needs to be... Um, some industrial cleaning going on before you'd want to get people in there. But no, I think it was actually because just we, we, with too many people, the tickets are just selling like hotcakes and we, we wouldn't be able to squeeze everyone in. So we've gone to a bigger venue um, and rightly so. So maybe, maybe if it's in the, in there, maybe, maybe a little bit of line dancing from a, from a group, just as a bit of a homage to the, the, the group that trains every Tuesday, Thursday night, we, we watch, I'm sure you've people that popped down a central have noticed over the years, the line dancing that goes on in there? Could be. Could be. It's a good view as well. Like, it's not like you're going to struggle to get there because it's 25 metres from the door of the club rooms. But Does that mean the after parties in the in the, the club rooms or is it just a completely separate? It's a good question. Yeah. I don't know. Well, because it, back in the old days when the pig pen was in operation, um, and for those, yeah, I don't know if we're allowed to call it that anymore. But the, no, the but no, that was what it was called at the time. But the, so, so for those, um, for those who are unfamiliar with the concept, when uh, Mr. Mazanot or M Factor in, in its prior days was only male participants, it was a female-only audience, um, and so the the male non-participants would basically just go hang out somewhere until the actual event finished, and then kick on to the after party at the other central ground. Correct, yeah, away rooms at the top and they just kind of hang around there and, you know, have a couple of drinks and watch the footy and, and then head down and it was infamously named the pig pen. And so where the pig pen's still in operation, the club rooms would be a perfect role for that, but obviously not required this year. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not too sure. Um, let, let's move on. We've got, so Juxi and um, Shirls. Yeah, Another I think Juxi and Shirls, like, Rob, do you reckon like an in, sync slash Backstreet Boys style thing going on there or mm. that could be yeah. right actually there's probably I'm looking forward to Juxi's kit see what he rocks up in do you reckon he'll put it on Instagram or not like, oh sure he's got he's got his little Instagram page Juxi's who, kit who runs that have we ever got to the bottom of who runs that page it's probably Matt Fewings mm. I reckon I think it's I think it's beyond Mazenot I think it's a, a far broader um you know, concept that's been weaponized by people probably outside of our network. So I don't know. I think they've just seen him out. They see him out. What There's on earth are you talking about? What? It sounded like you were just reading from a textbook. What, what are you actually saying? <laughs> I'm just saying that I think that 
it could be beyond Mazanon. You know, he's he's got Ooh. kids. There's 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 troll farms in Russia that are spreading <laughs> this information. I wouldn't be surprised if there's people that have noticed him <laughs> on a night out and and like his kit. That's all I'm trying to say. Okay, yeah, no, fair enough. Um, yeah, well, it's interesting because Shirls is a. Uh, how would you describe his fashion sense? Dad, he's a dad. Yeah, so it's, like, it, it's interesting, Joe. Oh, I, I feel like he. So I think he dresses well. So that probably says something about um, <laughs> that he dresses a bit older than maybe his vintage. Like his his jeans aren't baggy flares, and he doesn't wear runners um, out. So, yeah, he dresses well in my mind. Do you think <laughs> there's any chance that Sheryls and Jokes do an impersonation of um, Sam Deegan and Francis Pleshi? That could be that could be good. That could be good. It, it, I, don't know. I don't know how much material they'd have. Like it, <laughs> you'd run out pretty quick. Wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> I'd be I'd be pretty filthy though if they decide to reprise the old Island Boys from Beer Pong because there's no creativity there whatsoever. That could be a bit of like Franny's got the white. So Juxi as Franny's got the whiteboard, and and then Sam Liam uh, Sherlock as Sam. Saying like I'm the game plan here in the twos, and they do a bit of like a back and forth about that. That would be quite funny. And they also, you're you're saying a skit. They're going to do more skit angle. Yeah, well, that's what I'm thinking. That could be really good. That'd be refreshing. Mm. Could go well. Bit of Charlie Chaplin style, you know, old slapstick. Um, and and the, the other one that I'm aware of is um, Chris Martin. And I was disappointed when I heard it was Chris Martin. I was like, oh. We've sold out and gone, you know, international celebrities. But now I'm pleased to hear it's the actual real Chris Martin. He's, he's, he's an experienced performer on the, the M Factor stage as well. So he's always happy to put himself out there. Yeah, and he, he's played Clubby's Blues this year. So he's obviously tasted success. He knows what it's like to be part of a winning team. Um, and so obviously so he'll carry. That's why individual. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he, he grew beyond us. He spread his wings and we haven't seen him since about round four. But um, no, I think he's he, he'd have to be in the mix. He's he's just talented. I don't know what he's yeah. going to do, but whatever it and is, it'll be good. Mercurial as well. Like he's you know he, he's a flighty half forward forward pocket type. A bit like if Timmy um, was performing. What what sort of performance would you put up, Tim? If you were if you were someone that obviously likes the big stage, based on the weekend. So what what would you be doing? Oh, put me on the spot here. Peter Siddle, Patrick, <laughs> We've only been talking about it for 25 minutes. Come on. <laughs> um, oh, no, I don't know. I might just get the table tennis bat and ball out and just knock the ball up for an hour. <laughs> you, could, you could do that. You know the old Will Ferrell cowbell where he's like playing in the, like the band's playing and he's just hitting the cowbell every now and then? With the chili peppers. That. Yeah, exactly. But you could clink your medals together. Like the symbols, every like you know, <laughs> and you were a tennis player in your time, Timmy. Yeah, that's right. So I played well, footy growing up as a junior was a Sunday, tennis was a Saturday, and then I stopped playing footy in 09, played tennis until 2021, 2020, and then came back to footy 2021. I was so certainly a lot better, better tennis player. Sorry, you were a better tennis player. Yeah, I was always a, I was really small until I was about twenty one. So when I stopped playing footy at eighteen, it was yeah tennis. I was a lot better at tennis, and 
like, like the Blues this year, tasted a lot of grand final success over the years. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, once you're at the peak, there's nowhere else to go. So I thought I'd come back to footy. <laughs> few, is there a few pennants lying around? In the, obviously, you've got your medals within arm reach. You've got a few tennis pennants or I don't know. What do you win? So we oh, midweek stuff was a lot of wine glasses or like a, a a rocks glass or something. We do yeah. win pennants, but they're all hanging up at the club. But yeah, yeah, it's you don't. It's not really that great. You don't get any medals or anything. Yeah, it's it's, it's annoying when the club keeps things. I I should announce this publicly that Jake Charman took the premiership cup home on Sunday as well. Oh. Didn't didn't want to leave it at the club. <laughs> took it back to his house. Slept with it. I think kicked um kicked Nicola out of bed and said, "Hey, just just yeah, you can come back tomorrow." But sleeping with I this know, one tonight. I know I've track a little bit. I'd like to know the difference between a, a tennis club premiership celebration and a footy club celebration. <laughs> is there is there a different atmosphere in the clubhouse post premiership? Clubhouse. Yeah, there's a huge like there's a sausage sizzle. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Maybe some party pies or <laughs> no, it's very it's very different. I mean, with tennis, there's like you're all mates, but there's only four of you on the day, so. Like you still yeah. get around everyone, but it's nothing compared to winning like a footy premiership. It's yeah, it's massive. Tim, Tim, maybe with now that you've said about your sort of tennis career, maybe for your potential act next year for M Factor, you could do like a tennis impersonation of like a famous tennis player. Like, <laughs> could you do like a Rafa or something? Oh, yeah, the old OCD Rafa will come out like McEnroe and you cannot be serious. <laughs> yeah, boy, that was good. That was good. Yeah, that'd be good. Just going through like some different personas of famous tennis players. I think I've just done it now, so I won't. I won't <laughs> keep, keep, keep your powder dry. Don't don't use up all this material. Good. Jake, who's our last contestant? I know there's a sixth, but they've kept it very tight. Oh, you know who it probably is. I just thought about this. I was trying to put it together as well. Is it? It's probably funny or something. You reckon? Ooh. I think New York. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, you know who it is. It's it's Franny and Tom, isn't it? Franny and Tina. Oh yeah. Ooh. yeah. I think. I think. I think. I'm not 100 percent sure. That, is that an exclusive? Is that here an exclusive? Uh, we haven't. with most confidence I've ever heard anyone ever break a story. I might have I been in a story break for maybe a couple of years. So I'm lacking. I'm lacking, I'm lacking in confidence, but. It rings bells a little bit. I'm still waiting for the the halls to to be announced. Still have a high level of confidence that they're going to do some sort of duo act. Well, he Peter's been away for weeks, and he was back on Saturday, and the hair was looking lush. That's all I can say. Mm. So you put two and two together. You're, you're not going to go around again, Rob. Reprise um, your um, your not Heath Ledger routine from not since two thousand and eleven. Things I, um, about I sort of threw my my you know weight around on the stage, uh, doing my yeah ten things I hate about you routine, which was I I, I wouldn't describe it as throwing your weight on the stage. I'd say you threw your weight around the audience because you spent pretty much the entire time just going around table to table, engaging like the. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was a different time. It was a different event. You had to, you had to, you had to whip the votes in a different way back then. Now it's probably a little bit more stand and deliver. But then it was more get around the crowd, press the flesh, um, so to speak. So um, didn't work. Came third, but you know, 
Um, so yeah, it was it was good fun. And then I cut my teeth for a, a good five or so years as a waiter. Um and you know, generated a fair bit of revenue for the club in that capacity. And then finally <laughs> um worked as the the MC, um, which as an auctioneer um oh, definitely yes. generated a lot of revenue um for some people that needed a bit of a pump up on the stage and got them shaky. Did I did I sell you? I was, yeah, I think you, I think you sold me for a Mazenod Club record low of five dollars, <laughs> and and that that was um, your reserve price. So we're happy we met it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was, you've I was, just I, was I think vendors bid in, but we didn't have to, luckily. <laughs> and then you just I reminded me that I hosted one year. I think you might have replaced me. I think I might have got the sack. No, so I think no. There was one year where you and Dale replaced me. Oh yeah, that makes sense. I did, did think it would be odd that they'd go down, but that makes sense. No, the I, I think I, I think I know I got replaced by Chris Bray and Jimmy Egan. I think so. It's um yeah no nah, it's a it's it's a it's a tough job. What do you reckon is the hardest gig? Oh wait, like, you, you've done it all. Getting, getting up. Wait is worse still performing. I've done so wait. Wait is tough for the the depends how long you get auctioned for. So like the the 12 seconds Jake was up there would have been difficult or the, you know, 10 minutes the auction goes for others. Um, but that that is, that is it's a meat market the way it used to be done. And it, that is quite daunting. But once you start working the crowd, um, serving drinks, that's a, it's a good fun, Jake. That was really good fun, wasn't it? Yeah, it is fun. But yeah, like you said, um, I think that was the worst 12 seconds of my entire life. Just, <laughs> just felt like, just felt like a piece of meat. You've got to do your groundwork, Jake. So I look clearly um, if you go on aesthetics, I'm probably not going to win too many weighted competitions because I've never set foot in a gym in my life. So I just went, right, I'm going to have to, you know, it's this is simple supply and demand. It's economics. Don't have him context for a second. Stephen, I reckon he was about 25 and he, he said at the dinner table once, I'm going to start lifting. And my mum turned around and was like, what, a biro? <laughs> Very... Very cutting from my mum, who's quite kind generally. Um, yeah. But it sort of sums up the lack of conditioning he's done in the gym over the years. No, and I wasn't talking about the gym either. I was actually talking about getting the lift to work instead of the stairs, <laughs> but she just took it in a very different direction. Um, no, but I, so I basically, when I did it, I just went in and went up to two different tables, told both of them that I had access to an extra supply of drinks and food and things like that, and if they bid on me, They'd, uh, they'd be probably having a better night and getting better value for their money. Just spark the bidding war. That's all it takes. The rest of the the rest of the room can be disinterested. You only got to have two willing bidders to have a good auction. So I think that's where you went wrong, Jake. Or you just get a bunch of your mates to sit in the audience and bid for you. Is that, is that role now defunct in the new model? Is that is that survived? No, there's a there's an MC and it's our lovely friend Mario Aprile. Ooh, yeah. good. But I'm talking about the waiters. Is that, oh, is sorry, that uh, <laughs> uh, maybe maybe uh, tops on waiters this year? Right. Okay. So there well, you've got to have someone to bring the drink, drinks. There is beverages getting served. That's what I'm sort of. Yeah, yeah they're not suggesting it might have gone to a dry event. No, Pardon? it's it's good. It's it's a um it's yeah. It sounds like they've fixed it in a lot of ways. <laughs> it's much better, but should should I should think be an just brought it into the. It's 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 now finally arrived in the the two thousands after staying in the seventies for a while. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, it should be a ripping night. 
um, very, very excited for it. Um, we're, we've, we're running a bit over time tonight, of course. You know, we're going to we'll drag on a little bit when there's flags that are being won, but we should move along to our far, final and probably arguably most important segment of the Nodcast, and that, of course, is the Weekly Whispers. Uh, Jake, we'll start with you as always because um, you've 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 bookended this week with a premiership and a performance on the the M Factor podium. So what what are you hearing from from kind of either end of the spectrum? Um, I've got a bit of a backdated one actually, but it's, it's backdated, but it's sort of um, come to light only recently due to a article published by the Herald Sun about maybe two weeks ago. Mm. So apparently someone in the women's team was pretty filthy that she didn't feature in Herald Sun's article about the trailblazing women to reach 50 games around Victoria. And Mm. she she played 50 games for the club um, later on in the year, potentially in the last round of the season or the first women's final. And didn't get a mention in this article, and yeah, not very happy apparently. Ooh, did did some of our players get a mention in this article? Yeah, they did. So she was she was quite ripped off, I'd say. But um, wow, yeah, hot take. Wow. But I've, if I've got some more, but if you guys want to roll through your little, no, keep like, going. You're you're on a heater now. Oh really? I've, well, I've yeah. got like ten. If we learnt anything from the grand final on Sunday, it's when you've got the momentum, just keep going. All right, all right. So apparently, this guy is in the is in the resies. Um, he goes by the name of Hossie Boy Nuns. He he kicks bags <laughs> every sort of five games, and then sort of just bobs up with the singles in every other game. But apparently, <laughs> po- po- post game on Saturday, put soy sauce on his hot dog no. instead of tomato sauce, but oh, not no. by accident. Not by accident. Mm-hmm. So, is that the secret sauce? Is that the formula? Is that a good year this year? It's real weird though. Like, I don't know. Yeah, Maybe that is weird. wait, that's a that's a good point. Secret to his kicking bags is soy sauce on hot dog. Does Alex Pileshi put soy sauce on his hot dog? That's then you'll know for a fact. Because he's kicked a couple actually, of big bags as well. True. Maybe, maybe it is that's all they do. We need to, I might I might do that round one next year. Well, I think it's unequivocal because, uh, like, how many bags did you kick this year and how often did you put soy sauce on your hot dog? None. So it's a corresponding factor. Yeah, that's a solution there. Oh, yeah, go, Rob. Yeah, well, sorry, yeah. I've got one for you. I, so I, it's, it's, a, it's a sad day, but Nari North Osteo um, has been left uh, vacant by its by its um, owner, director, chairperson, um, Gus Paddy. So he's no longer holding the fort. And I'm pretty disappointed as two weeks out from finals, he's he decided to go to Sicily um, to, to just go bike riding and, and learn learn how to speak the language. So he's he's out for the next couple of months and he's left me in the very capable hands of Mario, um, which I hope he makes it to our next session. If he's hosting M Factor, he might not be um, in great nick for our, the Monday regular that I have. But um, yeah, and surprisingly, Gus Paddy made his way to Sicily on a train that floats across the water to get to the island of Sicily. So 
don't know how that happens. Don't know how that works, but that's what he tells us. That's how we've done it. So it sounds, it all sounds a little strange, but Gus Paddy, not not at Nary, <laughs> Nary North Osteo for the next six months. So if you want to go, it's up to you, but um, interesting. I think that's, a journey. That's, huge, that's huge before finals, Rob. We, we need to make sure that Mario is really uh, sort of sticking, sticking to... Yeah, and like... Yeah, Mario's a great practitioner, but he's up against it. He's got his hands are half the size as Gus's. So just just mathematically, it's hard for him <laughs> to cover as much in a in a hour consultation. So yeah, it's it's going to be interesting for my routine. I'm I'm quite a stickler for my routine leading into finals, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah, for sure. So sticking with that, um, the theme of trains across water, got another bit of a train. <laughs> it's a very specific theme to stick with. Train whisper. So this this person also in the twos um, got curly hair. Um, name sort of rhymes with a type of dairy that you could put on um, sandwiches. So does his name uh, rhyme with cheese or it is cheese? <laughs> Do I say rhyme? Sorry. Yeah. You said- yeah, all, right. <laughs> all right. Anyway, so this bloke apparently was catching the train to Mafra to see his lovely partner after playing football on Saturday. He was pretty gassed, um, fell asleep on the train and ended up in Sydney. Oh, <laughs> no. He was supposed to get off in Mafra <laughs> and he kept going through to Sydney. <laughs> oh, no. So, and, yeah, that's... And after the successive governments have promised bullet trains to Sydney. I don't think they, they I don't think they go that quick still. So that would have been quite the journey, I imagine. Yeah, he wasn't happy coming back, but um you know, at least I think his girlfriend was understanding. So that's the main thing. Things you do for love. Exactly. Um, could have, have swung by Bega on the way back and just picked up some cheese. <laughs> some of that dairy that you were referring to earlier. Jay. Yeah, that yeah, exactly. Exactly, Steve. Um do you want me to keep rolling? I've got one more or go for it. You've 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 dominated the segment to date. Why not finish it off? All right. So this bloke, um, he's got a brother in the resis. He he's himself a resis player, but been a bit in and out this year due to um, significant injuries that he sustained over the summer whilst captaining, you know, the the Heinies Cricket Club in LMS. Ooh, okay. um, I think I know where you're going here. Yeah. Mm. So apparently this guy on Thursday this week after training, he is not going to be able to stay for dinner because he's taking a sushi masterclass in the city. So he's learning oh, how to make sushi. It's mm. given out in selection. Well, like is Heston Blumethal in town or something? No, I don't know. Yeah, you think he's going to doing the old apprenticeship in the kitchen. So he's actually learning uh, how to make it. Watch this, watch this space. Wow. I'm sure um, Ada Noon will make himself known to the sushi chef with his soy sauce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can actually use that, you know, topping. Yeah, for they the go run, together. The run, yeah, like, I think that this will definitely help Aiden with his pairings. You know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> hot dogs and soy sauce wouldn't be a recommended pairing, but sushi, on the other hand, possibly. Would he go, you reckon Aiden would go sort of a sushi with aioli or a sushi with tomato sauce, kind of mustard, a, you know? Like, he's an aioli man. He's an aioli man, I reckon. I'd say he could do anything. It'd probably mustard. 
I reckon. There's some chili, <laughs> chili, like chili. The flakes. Flakes, yeah. I reckon he's good. Mm. Yeah. Maybe a bit of oregano as well. Does not sound appetizing at all. <laughs> Tim, have you got um have you got a whisper for us? Oh. I, know, I know before just before you answer that question, actually. Um we asked you before we started the Nodcast tonight whether you listen to the Nodcast. <laughs> I'll, let you, I'll let you give your answer to the listeners because this just for anyone out there who's going, this guy is absolutely, you know, he's on fire, he's smooth, he, you know, he's born to play this role. Um, have you listened to us before? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I also haven't listened to us. I've been on more podcasts than I've listened to. <laughs> so I don't know if anyone's ever done that before. <laughs> but for anyone thinking that I'm smooth, that's definitely not me at all. <laughs> you need your ears checked. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you have a whisper for us? Since you'll never have to listen to this um, again, what do you, anything you want to share with with the, us and the very small audience we have out in the world, the few thousand people that listen to this every week? So I could I could just say a couple of quick ones. So premiership famous premiership runner Shane oh, Doyle. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Decide, so he decided after the 2021 year that I mean he un, unluckily got knocked out in the last one of the last games of the year. Decided he wasn't going to play again, but he's found the love after running this year, and he's going to play next year. He's oh, back. Yeah. oh yes! Oh, he's rekindled the spark. He's rekindled the spark. Yeah, that's exactly right. I think I think that says more about trying to create some distance between him and the coach. Um, than, than the actual name of the day. <laughs> it's definitely think, harder yeah. to be a runner than it is to be a player when Absolutely. you've got you um, can run away. certain you can't coaches. Run away yeah, he's. I think he's more nervous about yeah having to line up next to John than getting knocked out again. <laughs> <laughs> but no, quick second one. So, you, Manny, you talked about it before. Jason Scullin, the the beers out of the Premiership Cup. He did six or so in a row. He actually broke it. I don't know if anyone if anyone oh, noticed. No. I didn't After know this. After he finished the last one, he did slam it down hard on the table. And <laughs> oh, I don't no. think it. I don't think it's in one piece. Oh no, that might be why it's on my kitchen bench because I'm getting it repaired before we take it back to the club. Can't comment on that. <laughs> Requ- but... <laughs> yeah, it requires some gorilla glue. Oh no, that's. Uh, I don't know. I, yeah, I might have to. Might have to edit that out. I don't know if we can. <laughs> no, no, nah, nah, it's a whisper. It's got to. It's got to be aired. So they the can't be confirmed, I suppose, unless it's been seen in two pieces. We assume it's not. The the club will have the um the I don't know what 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 are you called if you're a trophy expert. I'm sure there's some trade. They'll get some expert in from flying in from Zurich or something, Steve. and if they're magnifying glass, just check it out. Steve, but, you um, got one? Uh, I don't. There's nothing I can add. <laughs> <laughs> We've had about ten tonight. That's probably enough. Um, actually, no. I will. I will. I will give you one. Um, so we, uh, we, we after the Sunday night in the early hours of the morning, um, the the man that kicked the goal to send us into overtime, Sammy Reid, instituted something that I think Rob, you, you guys did after the 2016 flag, which was sit around in a circle and the cup gets passed around and everyone shares a few words on what what the premiership means to them. And so, one of, the great, one of the great experiences I've ever had in football. 
I think yeah, it was it was very it was actually it was very good again, I must say. There was some very um some very deep, very emotional, very well thought through, you know, perspectives from different people. Um one of the players in the team had actually left the room, I don't know, out on the phone, or I'm not too sure what they were doing, but they weren't there when we kicked this off. So we've gone around the circle and you know, people are sharing very personal, you know, I you know. I quit football and, you know, I've come back and rekindled my love or, you know, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. that sort of stuff. And, and and a few people going, you know, I came back this year and I loved it. I'm back for next year. I'm signing on again. Let's win another one. Sort of there was a very positive theme around, you know, let's carry this forward. This person who had left the room and won't, won't be mentioned but might be related to you and I, Rob, comes back into the room completely unaware of what everybody else has said or exactly the context of it. And there's only one person to go. So they get handed the cup and they, and someone says, oh, you basically just got to share what this means to you. And he took the opportunity to announce his retirement, walk back out again. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we're losing one player for next year, it sounds like. Wow. That's, that's, a, different, that's a different take on that. But I, And I'm fortunate for him that he missed that experience. I think it's a good... Very good bond. If he'd maybe been in the room for a bit longer, he might have felt compelled to stick around and be part of that cohesion going forward. Maybe, who knows? But um it's 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 very early stages when it's eight hours after the flag. So we'll uh minds might get little. changed. Yeah. All right. Well done, boys. Congratulations well, yes. on your, your premiership. Uh congratulations to the club on two flags, and hopefully there's still a few more in the uh in the pipeline for the rest of this year. So, Timmy, thanks very much for joining us on the Nodcast. We appreciate you taking time out of your, no doubt, busy media schedule. Um, obviously, would be a man in high demand after winning the big award on the weekend. So thank you for that. Pleasure to have you on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been a joy. It's been a pleasure to be here. <laughs> Hopefully it kickstarts your love for the medium of podcast. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'll have to hook in. <laughs> There we go. If all we have to do is get them on to get a new subscriber, oh, watch us, watch us grow. Um, Jake, Rob, thanks as always. Uh, look forward to catching up shortly and uh, good luck to our 19s on the weekend in their semifinal um, and obviously to the, the resis and seniors who who head into really, really big game this week as well. Get down to Cheers, like It's going to be a big one. Cheers. Go nods. Go to nod. Got a lot of flag. <laughs>